Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I prayed that God would demonstrate his power as I conclude this sermon. And so I've been praying all week about it. And this morning before I came up, I remembered a prayer that I heard supernaturally. One of the generals of faith was praying. Dixie and I had went down to uh, Anaheim at the Shrine Auditorium. And we had been in a uh, crusade where Catherine Kuhlman was preaching and men and women and children were getting healed, people getting saved. We got back in the bus and it sounded like the radio was on. I said, Dixie, they've got the radio on. Can you, can you hear Catherine Kuhlman? She says, no. Well, I want you to know that each one of you that are born again, you have spiritual eyes and you have spiritual ears. And once in a while, God will open those up. He's done it for me a few times. But he opened my ears up. And I heard Catherine Kuhlman, one of the generals of the faith, just speaking with all of her soul, heart and soul, just this simple, very short prayer. God, meet the needs of your people. That's what I've been praying this morning because he knows each one of you better than anyone else. No one knows you like God knows you. He formed you in his mother's womb. When you read what the psalmist talks about it, every joint, all the marrow in the center of the bones, everything about you, he knows. And so I pray that God will meet the need of each and every person here today as I speak, because I'm speaking his word. I feel so privileged uh, that Pastor Marvin asked me to preach. Uh, Dixie and I actually were members of Bethel Open Bible on Ham Lane when we got married. And some of the people uh, that were in the wedding party are here today. So this, this is not like this is something new for us. And I received the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was at Bethel Open Bible. And so I've had quite an experience this morning I'm, I'm talking about something that's very important in a troubled world that we have. You don't have to look very far to social media or to the major networks to see that we have a very troubled world. I mean, how many of us went to Lodi High? Did we ever see a shooting or an active shooter? No. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what the worst thing that I ever saw, maybe... Uh, a little fisticuffs or something, but there was no shooter. And so we see this world has changed. It's a very troubled world. And I know that there's one thing that every man and woman that knows the Lord has to do to get through and navigate through this troubled world. And that's to seek first the kingdom of God. In Matthew, it tells us, 6.33, here the background is he's talking about all the physical things in this world that we need. We need food and shelter and clothing. But I believe this scripture actually includes even the spiritual. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When you've been a pastor a long time like I have, and you've studied the scripture over and over and over, you find out that these things 
that you seek are found in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1.30 it says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I'm going to continue in the scripture for a few minutes and then I'm going to talk about a covenant. I'm going to mention the covenants of the Old Testament and then talk about a covenant that God has made by Jesus Christ through him to you. And it's going to hit you. When I, when I speak these last few words of this sermon, I hope that everything that has held you back spiritually, anything that has caused you depression, anything that has troubled your mind, anything that has brought doubt into your life will be broken off. That's my prayer. And so I'm going to just read through the scripture and then share what the Lord has given me in this message. Romans 5, 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned, and by much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 3. It is Jesus in whom all hidden, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge... 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I can't even imagine the suffering, the pain, the anguish that he went through being a holy, sinless person taking all my sin upon him. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. That means that you as a Christian have everything you need when you receive Christ as your Savior. When you're born again. You don't have to look anywhere else. All you have to do is spend that quiet time with him. You'd be surprised if you would take the time when you pray, simply do something like this. Sit down in your easy chair, close your eyes, wait upon the Lord, and say, Lord, I love you, or Jesus, I love you. You'll be surprised because he'll say, I love you too. He is love. He's the essence of love. And you need to learn how to develop that habit of listening and then talking, listening and talking. Now, we know that all things were created through him. Here's the problem that the world has with Christ. The problem they have is that they refuse to believe that God came into the world in a human body. But John tells us, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And then he goes to the 14th verse. And the word was made manifest and dwelt among us. And in 1 John it talks about, we're sharing this wonderful message about Christ, about the Messiah. We've touched him, we felt him, we've heard him. God actually came in a human body. Colossians 1.15 and 16 says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things are, were created, and in heaven and earth, 
visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And this, this Jesus that came, he's our high priest now, but he came in the form of a babe, of the process of growing up, of a three-and-a-half-year ministry, ministering to the people. This same Jesus was being used by God as the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He literally laid down his life that we might have eternal life. And the wonderful thing is, when he did this, he made an agreement with you and I, a covenant. You see, God's covenants with mankind are like this. Covenant is the Hebrew word for berate, and it embraces one of the most important theological concepts in the Bible. It's found over, a little over 300 times in the Bible. Covenant means a coming together, an agreement between two or more people or parties. And God always keeps his part of the covenant. We start out in the Garden of Eden. There's an Eden covenant. There's God's covenant with Adam. God's covenant with, with uh, Noah, which we know as the rainbow. God's covenant with Abraham. God's covenant with Moses. And God's covenant with David. But the one you and I need to take a close look at this morning is God's new blood covenant by and through Jesus with you. It's so important. You see, this new covenant of forgiveness, it's called the covenant of forgiveness. He said so to his disciples. Is explained to the disciples during the last supper over which Jesus presides on the eve of his crucifixion. You see, at that meal, he affirms that his blood is about to be shed and constitutes the blood of the covenant effective for the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 2.13 But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. You see, blood covenants are as old as Moses. Now, I didn't put this scripture up there, but in the book of Exodus, it says, chapter 24, 8, Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it all over the people, declaring, Look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving these instructions. Now, Jesus has done the same thing with us who believe. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 27 and 28, listen to the very words of Jesus as he speaks to his disciples. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That's the main purpose of this covenant. There's much more involved. All the promises 
of Christ are in this covenant. But the main one is we have to be broken free from the bondage that we're in first by the sins that hold us down. And so here he is telling his disciples what this is all about. Right now I want to deal with several things that can be broken off you by the covenant that Jesus has with us. I'll name three things that we'll, we'll talk about uh, and we'll take it, God at his word and claim that the promises in this new covenant can take care of it. There are many promises in this new covenant that you will find when you study the New Testament. Things to get rid of are unforgiveness, depression, and fear of any type. You see, the Bible tells us God's Spirit gives peace, joy, and love, and also a sound mind. So fear has no place in the believer's life. You see, it even says in the scripture that you should not have fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Not fear, it isn't allowed to the believer because it torments people. And that's what the scripture says. God would never give you fear because fear has torment. God gives you peace and love and joy, and he sets people free from uh, the bondage that sin brings. People get depressed when they don't forgive themselves or others. And so here's, the, here's just the one simple verse that I want to share with you this morning in the power of the Spirit. And that's a, probably a verse that most of you know. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's part of the covenant that Jesus made with you. The, the new covenant in his blood for the forgiveness of sins. I want you to know that if you have anything that's troubling you in your life, I don't care if it's financial, physical, spiritual, or what it is, if you turn and give that burden to the Lord, he'll break it off you. I mean, just like anybody else here about a month ago, I had all types of things closing in on me. And sometimes we let the simplest things uh, trouble us. My neighbor in back of me had this huge tree, and the roots were going under the fence and lifting up my patio cement. <laughs> and so I thought, oh no, now i got to go talk to a neighbor and deal with this. How many of you have ever talked to a neighbor and it didn't go well? <laughs> and so I just dreaded that. <laughs> and I had two or three things going, you know, all at the same time. But I actually heard a, a preacher talking about uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care. And in the Amplifies, casting all your worries, your cares, your doubts, casting them on him. For he cares for you. I think it was Kenneth Hagin. And he says, you know, when you do that, then it's the Lord. He's the one that's responsible. Do you know that I was able to do that? And I, all three of the things that I was stressed out about worked out wonderfully. I went to the neighbor, and he had one of these ringtone things where they can look at you in a camera and everything. And so he wasn't home when I went over. By golly, the next day he comes over, and he says, you know... I saw you at my house yesterday. What would you need? And I said, and his name was David. I said, well, David, come back here in my backyard. I want to show you. I said, you know, the tree on your property, the roots going underneath and raising the cement. He says, you know, Dale, he says, 
I've been thinking about getting rid of that. I said, the roots from it go all the way over to my house too. Do you know that within a few weeks, he, he had the tree cut down and the stump ground? I mean, come on. I was so worried because that all, you know, some people don't want to do what you want them to do, right? <laughs> but I put it in the Lord's hands. And that's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to know that he will do it. Now, I'm not so foolish as to think that as I preach this message and you're touched and you get a spirit, you get spiritual growth because of the word, that all of a sudden everything's going to go smooth down the road. You see, I have counseled people before. I actually counseled a young man for six months. Every Wednesday upstairs, I'd have this young man come up. He was just struggling with drug addiction. And I would read in the scripture. I'd pray with him and for six months. And then at the end of the six months, I got him a job, a counselor, a place to stay at the Salvation Army. Everything that he needed, I made sure that he was taken to the Salvation Army and, and, and get on the right path. Three days later, he left and he was back on drugs again. I'd spent six months with him. So we don't have any control over what people do or decide. All we can do is try to help, right? In fact, I felt kind of like this pastor of a large church. The one morning, one Sunday morning, he announced uh, to his uh, church body that he was retiring. And he was gone after that Sunday. He hadn't given him any previous warning or anything. And the congregation was so concerned, and about a month later, one of his elders saw him downtown. Pastor, we just don't understand. Why did you leave? He says, you know, I work at a mortuary now. And being a pastor was very, very stressful. It's that for 25 years, I had people come into my office, and I talk with them. I'd counsel them with the scripture, and then I would see them go right back to what they did before. He said, I work at the mortuary. He says, when I straighten them out now, they stay straight. <laughs> so what can I say? You know, everybody has to make their own decision. Like Lauren said, he's chose us, but he doesn't take, he doesn't take our autonomy away. We have freedom like nobody else because the sin is broken off. But we're still responsible to serve him with our whole heart. Amen? Amen. You know, I wanted to share just a little bit more about covenants. And we don't have that on the screen because it's quite long. But in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, the first 12 verses... It talks about this precious covenant that I shared with you. The first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in the tabernacle. In the first room uh, were a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a second room called the Most Holy Place, the Holy of Holies. In that room were a gold incense altar, a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar maintaining manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone 
tablets of the covenant. Of course, the Ten Commandments. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretch out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things now in detail. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the room as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and the sins of the people that they had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance of the most holy place was not freely opened as long as the temple and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. And this is going to be talking about you and I. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offered are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. For the old system deals with uh, only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. So Christ has now become the high priest over all things that have come. He entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which is, was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place, the holy of holies, once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Now, I'm going to read one verse. This is from the book of Revelation. And it says in Revelation 11:19, Then in heaven the temple of God was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen inside the temple. Lightning flashed, thundered, crashed, and roared, and there was a great earthquake and a terrible hailstorm. There's still a temple in heaven. And it's where Jesus went in and sacrificed his own blood that you and I might have eternal life and be forgiven of all sin. I'm so grateful this morning that Jesus did that because I am free because of what he did. I want you to just bow your heads right now. I'm going to pray a special prayer and a special blessing over you. Father, you know the details Specific details of the needs of every person, whether financial, physical. If it's a health need, Lord, meet it this morning. If it's a spiritual need, meet it this morning. We are complete in you. When we received you, Lord, we received all the spiritual blessings of Abraham. Abraham had a covenant with you and had many blessings. He prospered and spiritually he was made right with you. But this group of people this morning here at River Rock Fellowship have made that covenant with Jesus. And so all the spiritual blessings of Abraham are theirs. I pray that you bless them with the peace and presence of God at a level that they've never experienced before. I pray that anything that has hindered their walk with you and caused them to be weakened would be broken off. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill them and strengthen them. May your glory fill this place, I pray in Jesus' name. 
Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.